You are listening to the Photobomb podcast with the world's greatest photographers, Boo Ray and Gary. Welcome to the Photobomb podcast. My name is Boo Ray Perry, and joining me, as always, is Gary Hughes. Sup? And our guest today, all the way from the plains of Oklahoma. Oklahoma. <laughs> Robert Trawick from Trawick Images. Hi, Robert. Hi, how you guys doing today? Uh, good. We've got Robert on the show today. Robert actually has a podcast as well. What's the name of your podcast, Robert? Photofactspodcast.com. And he I'm was co-host with Jim Felder. I got to put his name in there. I don't want him to be left out. Robert was nice enough to have me on his podcast back when I was going to speak at Imaging, and so I wanted to return the favor. Also, uh, came to see me when I spoke at Imaging. When I came out, walked up, hey, how you doing? One of those guys that that instantly, you know, you, you talk to him one time, and then he he seeks you out at some place to come say hello to you, big smile on his face, and right away you're like, oh, that's one of those guys. What are you selling? Yes. Yeah, but, no, but you know, one of those, you know, the, one of those, those nice guys, you know what I mean? The kind of guy that, you know, the rest of your life, and you, you'll know this guy. You'll see this guy, hey, it's Robert, you know. Well, you've got that kind of personality, Robert. It's a good thing to have. Yes. Run the other direction. It's Stalker Tuesday. Yeah, there you go. And um, so um, we wanted to have him on the show today. And before we get, I want to talk to you a little bit about, about uh, your business there in Oklahoma. But before we do that, I want to talk about something that's been online quite a bit here recently. And it's a story about a high school student in, I think it's Louisville, Texas. And he is a yearbook photographer shooting for the yearbook. And he recently got in trouble with the principal because he was putting his pictures online on his Flickr account. He was offering them for sale if you wanted to buy them. He was, uh, I think, trying to sell some of them to, uh, as a stringer, maybe to some local news organizations. And apparently, and you know, I'm paraphrasing the story, but apparently the principal threatened him with expulsion if he didn't take these images down. And this caused an uproar in the photography community because the photographers are saying that he actually owns the rights to these photos because he is the original maker. And because unless there was a contract or something in writing, the copyright laws are clear. The person who pushes the shutter is the person who owns the copyright, and therefore he can do whatever he wants to do with the pictures. And the school is saying no, that they control all... They actually released a statement where they said they control all media within their building so that the media on his card is no different than the phone calls or the video in the closed circuit televisions and stuff like that. They control all of that. Uh, everyone, almost all the photographers are coming down on the side of this young yearbook photographer. I personally am like, I really don't care what the law is. Uh, I think maybe you just do what the principal asks. Well, I, you know, from my perspective, looking at it, I'm going to have to say uh, that it sounds to me like one of those news stories where uh, the blog, the photography blogs and stuff are going to make it a very Dave and Goliath sort of like yes, feel absolutely. Oh, this evil, evil principle. Despite is, what yes. the right thing to do is where yes. you've got pictures of other people's kids and stuff going on in the school. Right. And so there's definitely more than just the copyright issue. And Robert, would you like to weigh in on that? I know you have experience oh, yeah, as absolutely. a media photographer. I was just trying to find a, a place to get in between you two guys talking. Good luck with that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Absolutely. Uh, okay, I'm going to look at it from a different point of view, especially after spending years in the military. Uh, even though he may technically own the copyright, he's actually in a position of a work for hire. They're providing him uh, special access to events that you would not normally have. He's getting all the gear. Uh, computers to process the images and he's a student and he's underage so he's actually working for the school as a work for hire so they actually own the images so I'm gonna sorry I'm gonna I'm, I'm looking at some of the images on the story right now great you know images it's gonna be a great work for his portfolio but uh, I don't think he gets to sell those without giving the uh, school some of the money let me also add let me also add that they actually have in the school laws uh, they have a thing that says that work 
any artistic work that is done for a school project uh, belongs to the student. So that's another little wrinkle. But is, is it for mm. is it for a project or is it for the school's yearbook? Which I, they, is that a pro, isn't that a project? Sounds though? like a matter for the uh, the shysters, man, for the attorney. <laughs> you know? Well, see, my thing is, I think it isn't because if if this was my kid, and he came home and told me this story, I would not be like, "Listen, I'm going to go down there and tell that school that those are your pictures and you took them." I'd be like, "Well, son, take your pictures offline, okay?" Because what I don't want to do is have to go down there and explain to some dad that you took a picture of his daughter, the cheerleader. Uh, you know, in a full launch with her legs uh, open, and he, he, yeah, and now it's on your Flickr account, and I don't want to have to be go go down there in the principal's office and explain to somebody else's uh, child's father why that picture is on the internet because my son took it with a school camera and put it online. I love that you're taking the the perspective of the parent on this, which is which, yeah, which which, which I agree with 100. percent I mean, I'm I don't have I'm not a parent of a teenager or anything, but I do agree that there's a line like maybe let the kid have them for his portfolio. If he wants to do, but to be actually selling them, right, is something that that's where I would say, or even posting them to have every picture you took as a yearbook photographer go online where everyone can see them. I'm not so sure that's a good idea. Yeah, now okay, now let me just jump in here with that. If you go to a public event that's open to the public, even if you have to pay money to get into that event, I think there's a, a unwritten rule or expectation that you're going to show up on some type of media because when you go to that park you don't really own the park you're not in the comfort of your home right. and protected by privacy laws you're at a public event so why couldn't your image be all over the internet I, I, I'm not saying it, it can't be and, and I'm not saying that you know a father who comes in who's upset because his daughter is suddenly being put all over Flickr I'm not saying he has a case I'm just saying do you need to put the pictures on Flickr so bad that it needs to become a giant thing between you and the school? And the, I, I think of it from the principal's perspective. I'm, I'm a guy who always takes the other side. He's got a thousand kids to protect. Yeah, and that's the first thing. When, when someone comes to right. me and says, by the yeah. way, all the pictures that your yearbook staff are taking are being put on Flickr for the world to see, my first thought is it's only a matter of time before I have an angry, par angry parent in my office. And so I need to cut that. I need to shut that down. You know, he's not... I'm sure he's not a troll. He's not an ogre trying to take away this kid's rights. He's just trying to keep from having one more problem with the parents. Oh, my. I can't even imagine what it would be like juggling that many different parents with that many different. I mean, it's hard enough. Uh, yeah. Imagine just being the coach of, like, a baseball team, and you got yeah. 20 sets of parents up your ass. Right. Imagine being the principal, <laughs> of, a, imagine being the principal of a high school, and you got yeah. a thousand sets of parents up I just, your ass. You know, you know your, your first instinct is just going to be like, no. Just take them down. Lock them down, please. I've got enough on my plate without having to worry also about the fact that we've got a kid with school equipment who, you know, in the locker room, for all I know, oh. taking pictures and putting them online. Yeah, that could be a complete different area. So I guess there needs to be some kind of censorship placed on the... There has to be some common sense on the photographer. And they said, and they said in a statement, they said if he wants to bring his own camera and he wants to stand where the parents stand and take pictures, then we can't control anything he does with those. But as long as he's using our camera and he's getting access as a school photographer, then we get to have some say about the images. It's, and I think that's reasonable. It definitely sounds like a work-for-hire situation to yeah. me. Although, here's the thing. This is the thing that I, I see so many conversations in Facebook groups of, about photography that this question comes up again and again and again, is when something like this happens, guess what? Somebody adds something to a contract somewhere. Yes, <laughs> you know? absolutely. My, wife, my wife's wedding business, every time she has a wrinkle with a client, she always goes, up. Oh, there's a new paragraph for the contract. Her contract's like three pages now. Yeah, every time there's a new issue or a new thing, well, there's a new paragraph for the contract. We're going to have to oh, amend the contracts and make them different. It's got to be long now. It is. It is because it's always something. But I mean, you look back to the days of film when I shot for the yearbook. I never, I didn't get to keep the negatives. You know, those negatives belong to the school. 
that's 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 the interesting idea is that we're talking about the 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 media itself. Whereas if it were film, he'd just give his camera yeah. over, and then that would be that. He yeah, there'd be no question. This, this issue wouldn't come up in the days of film. And yeah, right. with the, the digital aspect of it, especially with social media giving him the ability to just showcase the images on a grand scale. I mean, there's a there's a related story in the news, and I gosh, I can't remember the name of the artist. And maybe if you have a computer that won't explode, Robert, you can look this up. <laughs> um, the because uh, mine uh, is very precarious. Uh, but I uh, there was an artist who's done this in the past, but he very recently he took a bunch of pictures from Instagram. Oh, I yeah, saw this so story and yeah. blew them up, yeah. and then it was selling them for what like a hundred thousand dollars, ninety thousand dollars, ninety thousand a piece. I, and I can't believe is the guy's name Prince or something the last name is Prince. I forget what the, or the artist's name is. and he apparently he's been doing that that's sort of his thing right and what he did was is he would go into their Instagram and he would comment on the photo and then he would take the photo and then he would blow it up print it as like a 20 by 30 and it would be the photo with his comment underneath and that was his and then he just sold them yeah he would then, now, now he was now it was a derivative of yes. the work because he had added a comment it was now a derivative of the original work and therefore he can uh, he can sell it it's it, it has ownership of it now i think yeah. that's a dangerous uh, we're walking a dangerous line here because how at what point do you right. start to say we need to protect people's well, rights to their images and also we we you know there are multiple parties involved there's social media involved and i and you know, I, I i say this all the time uh to other photographers that I know is that this is one of the main reasons why I am a PPA member. Is well, because oh, God, I was, gonna, I was waiting for a place to jump in here. I'm just telling you right now. Can I just say, though, that there is a French word dating back to the 1700s uh, for exactly what he's doing, and that word Menage is bull- a trois? bullshit. Is it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, did I joke jack you? You stepped all of my did jokes. Did I joke jack you? you? <laughs> all of my jo- and what's funny is when I started, I thought, Gary's going to jump on this. I'm not going to get I'm not going to get to the punchline of this joke because Gary is going to jump you on it. You know that I jack your jokes all the time. I knew you were going to jump on it. Oh. And just for that, we're going to just take a moment's pause and talk a little bit about Gary's recent trip to Europe and the fine European shirt that he is wearing today oh. because... Oh, let's hear Yes, this. Gary has traveled all over Europe in the last couple of weeks, and, and as most people are, when they come back from a foreign country, they like to wear a T-shirt or something that they bought there. And so is this a European Star Wars shirt that you're wearing, that, or is this, is, this, is this the French Star Wars shirt that you're wearing today? <laughs> He's not going to comment. It's French? <laughs> He's not going to comment? I said... Uh, I don't even recognize that character I, on your shirt. I, I, uh, well, let's just move on <laughs> from my club. What, what is that? That's not a Star Wars character from any of the six movies that I I'm know. I'm sorry I joked, Jack Dubu. What, what, what character is I'm, that? What movie I, is that it's from? It's the Inquisitor from Star Wars Rebels. Star Wars Rebels. That's one of the cartoons. It's on my t-shirt, yes. Do you, oh, okay. And, well, it's on Disney, and it's on Disney XD. So, yes, I watch a children's <laughs> cartoon <laughs> because it's Star Wars related. Okay, right. so now my Good face is red. Uh, you got me back right, for Jack right. and your joke. Can we move it's a on? Good joke too. I worked on that joke. We have a guest. We here do. That we needs do. Attention. I want to talk to Robert a little bit. You ass, Robert the podcaster. You ass. Here's the other thing, and you don't know this about Robert. Here's the thing. When I first met Robert, I thought this is a great guy. I'd like to know this guy. But the thing that really pushed me over the edge with Robert. And wait a minute, I've just jumped ahead. You guys were talking about PPA. Yes, Robert. You- Robert, yes, you you because you said something about you said oh yes PPA you were waiting to jump in about being yes, a member of PPA. Yes, I was waiting to jump in because so many photographers are not willing to pay the money because all they see that as a money they they see what they're going to spend they don't see the value of PPA and what it does for us lobbying in Congress and being a nonprofit professional organization that looks after our rights and tries to push forward in our industry. 
You know, everybody sits around and complains about it, but nobody does a damn thing about it. The thing so I at really least with yeah. PPA, those people are helping. What I love about it is because they actually send the the CEO PPA David Trust and the board of directors. They actually go to Washington D.C. and they have meetings with senators and lawmakers about copyright issues. When I first on got, a regular yeah, basis, yeah, when I first got into the business, you know, I was like, "Oh, PPL, oh, it's a magazine. Okay, that's cool. I can get my insurance." I didn't pay much attention to that. And then the longer I am in the business, the more I find myself really paying attention to the page in the magazine where they will be talking about how they were recently talking to Congress and lobbying for this for this thing to protect us. You know, because I I, I I'm very much impressed that I'm part of this organization that really is involved on a national level. To Which protect, you joined you know. for completely selfish reasons. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what we do when we're young. And as we get older, we get wiser. Yeah, and now I'm like, okay, cool. This is, you know, wow, this is grown-up stuff here. And there are some great... There, <laughs> yeah, you know. There's some great photography organizations out there. Love WPPI, ASP, you know, PPA. Um, but as a member of PPA, they're the ones I see doing the doing the most for photographers on so many levels. They literally have like an office full of people in their offices in Atlanta that are sitting around trying to figure out how to add more benefit to the membership. Yeah, yeah. And the funny thing is, is you got guys going, they're going to lobby Washington on our, on our behalf. And out of the 30,000 or so PPA members, like 29,800 of them don't have any no. idea how hard they're working. No, no which idea. I think is awesome. I, I give them my money. I, I think I pay for my membership monthly. Every time that comes out, that's that's a monthly, like my Netflix, that's a monthly yeah. charge I can feel yeah. really good about. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so Robert, uh, here's the thing. The other thing about Robert that, that I love. I met Robert, uh, did his podcast, funny guy, great guy. And then I saw a photograph of Robert where, Robert, you had gotten some past brides together, am I correct, for, uh, for a shoot? Yes, yes, our bride picnic. Yes, a bride picnic. Tell us, tell us about the bride picnic. Wow. Okay, so um, I'd like to stay in touch with a lot of my brides. We really try to build a relationship with them so many of them become friends. And we'll have coffee after the fact and just see how their lives are going and just chit-chat. And uh, one of my brides had mentioned she spent all this money on this dress. And, um, you know, she, you know, it's now going to be preserved forever, hanging in her closet, maybe to be passed down to her daughter, which you know it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And she's never going to wear this fabulous dress again. So I said, I'll tell you what, why don't we get a whole bunch of brides together? You guys throw your dress back on. Let's meet at the park. Let's pop a bottle of wine and let's have a drink and just, I'll just take some free photos for fun. It was just a day to experiment. However, in exchange for my time, my talent, I need to have a new photo of me for my new ad campaign. So if you find that photo on Facebook, I am wearing my wife's dress. There's like six brides, and he's in the middle in a bridal gown. We have to oh, post yeah, this on yeah. the photobomb page. Yes, yes. got to send this Put to that us. on the photobomb page. So now here's the real story on how this happened, or the funny part of it is, um, and, and I, I actually tell this to a lot of our couples when we meet with them. So I had been married to my wife, Terry, which is also a photographer, uh, for a little over a year when we did this shoot. So I thought, oh, I'm going to put your dress on. This is going to be awesome. So I am wearing what I call my burrito shirt and pants, which is like super spandex, three <laughs> sizes too small for my body. Oh. So I am like going from a size 40 pants down to 32. I mean, I am like really squished in here. So we're in this park. <laughs> I know it's it's a great story. All right. All right. And, uh, 
and of course, you know, I'm a wedding photographer, so my my burrito shirt and pants are basically black to blend in with all the sweat I'm going to have. And by burrito shirt and pants, you mean unitard. It's it's two separate pieces, but they're so tight you wouldn't be able to tell. It couldn't right. be unitard. <laughs> do not do not need this visual. I really do. <laughs> it it makes the boys look just really like high. Okay, all right. Young. He's plum smuggling. Okay. Oh, absolutely. So my wife has the dress. I pull off my pants and my shirt. I'm <laughs> wait, Gary, wait, Gary just long. did a spit take. Wait a minute. Gary literally is spitting up coffee. Wait, you're going to have to pause. Wait, I'm not kidding. That was not even uh, not even kidding. Gary, are you I'm all right? Almost, I'm fine. Okay. All right. All right. Go ahead. I thought okay. we were going to have to Heimlich him. Says, she says, Robert, do you remember our wedding day? And I'm like, why are you bringing this up right now, holding this wedding dress I'm getting ready to put on in public? And I said, of course I do. I remember every moment, the photographs. We had our second shooters come out and take photographs of us on the beach. It was a beautiful day, blah, blah. She said, describe the wedding dress. Well, it was white, had sequins on it. Good uh, guess. You looked wonderful. And right. she says, yes, it's also strapless and sleeveless. You can't have the top on of your spandex shirt. Right. So I am in a park. There's joggers going by that are hurling as I pull this thing off, and I appear to be like the Pillsbury Doughboy when this thing comes off. <laughs> the brides are laughing. They're trying to put this over my sweaty body that has been sweating now inside the burrito shirt, <laughs> and they cannot get my wife's. I mean, it's just amazing. So it was basically two great shots, and then we used that for an ad campaign that said, Hire us. We have been in your shoes. It's great. Yeah. It's fantastic. If you see the picture, here's Robert in the middle of these six brides, all of them in wedding gowns. And, you know, I, to, to me, I saw it and I thought, well, you know, it, it invokes so many things. It invokes fun, which so many brides are looking for now. They're like, they want a fun photographer. They want somebody who's, you know, not going to be too serious all the time. These are, these are wedding, these are brides that you've had work, you know, that you've shot their wedding. So obviously it's happy clients. Yes. You know, these, you know, obviously these are like, I did a, uh, I did a bridal show one time and I got past brides to come work my booth for me. Because nothing is better than for a bride to be talking, a potential bride to be talking to someone and have that person say, well, he shot my wedding. Oh, absolutely. Right. And I, it's just I, the whole idea was I, it was one of those, gee, I wish I had thought of it, you know, ideas for an ad campaign. I, well, the, um, the I wish I had just like been there to see it. Is, um, <laughs> I got back into weddings about eight years ago and was was working with a friend of mine that is just Mr. Dapper, um, absolutely amazing photographer would dress to the nines and he always told me hey you got dress for the wedding you're going to shoot next not the one you're shooting now so he would have me in these really nice shirts with you know cufflinks on and my my shirts tucked in and it's just not who i was so i finally i guess came out of the closet and said listen <laughs> i'm fabulous i'm flirty this is who i am and i do not get bad brides we do not get bridezillas because they come in and meet with us and we're either going to be a perfect match or we're going to be completely opposite uh, people ask me aren't you afraid of all the weddings you lose because the moms don't like you no i don't because if the moms aren't going to like me they're part of the clientele as well so if you have images up that are very unique to your brand and your personality that's kind of a bar uh, for those brides to jump over to say, hey, I really want this guy. He's going to make the wedding fun. And then those traditional brides that are like, oh, it's going to be a very quiet ceremony. We're not going to drink a lot. There's not going to be a lot of dancing. It's just not a good fit with me. I'm not going to take your money. There's another photographer that are, is better suited for your wedding. 
I completely and totally agree with that. That there's a a wedding, you're going to get whatever money you get for your wedding, but there is a threshold where you go, "Holy crap, it was not worth taking their money." Right. Absolutely. Yeah, Especially absolutely. when it comes to a bride. Like it, I tell I tell brides all the time, and we've met with brides, and sometimes they go another way, and I'm totally okay with it. We have couples that have come in to meet Julie and I, and afterwards, they seem really keen on booking us, and me and Julie are like, oh, God, I really hope they don't call us back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not any brides that I have booked right now. No, of course not. Uh, Certainly oh, not. Nice. Of course not. And they're not listening to the podcast no. either, right? Of oh, not. God. You think, you, think, uh, you think they'd listen to this crap? Oh, <laughs> well, give yes, me some, absolutely. Give, give me some uh, research. Give me some history because, I mean, you've obviously been this a long time because you said eight years ago you got back into weddings. So, so take us back to where, to where it all started, Robert. How did, how did you get started as a photographer? What kind of business did you start with and how did you grow? Well, we have to time travel first. We have to time travel. Robert, we have to time travel. Ready? All right. It is now the early 70s. from Spain. I was born in Spain, raised in North Carolina, and my entire mother's side of the family is Spanish. My dad got divorced from my mom. My mom moved us back to Spain. I was a very rebellious child. Came back when I was a teenager. And honestly, the education system overseas is much better than the United States. Sorry, that's the way it is. Hey, buddy. Hey. Hey, Are you talking bad about America? Say, hey, I'm not messing with America. I'm American, too. (laughs) I came to a small town in North Carolina high school. They had no idea where to put me. So I basically went from the 10th grade to the 11th grade in one year. I'd passed a couple of tests. Wait, it only took you a year to go from 10th to 11th grade? Wow. Genius. Well, I mean, I was doing some pretty advanced math when I was 10 years old in Spain, the stuff that they learn in high school now here. So it was, except for American history and and, uh, English, obviously I was really failing in those. Right, right. That being said, it's not your language. No, no, not even close to my language. Or your country, you filthy Spaniard. (laughs) Filthy Spaniard. So, so, so you're in North Carolina. You're in high school. Yeah, in North Carolina, and in in Spain, you don't get to choose your classes. You just take every year. Science gets harder every year. Language gets harder every year. Math gets harder. So now I'm in all these classes. I have all this free time, and my dad didn't want me to get a job. So he said, "Your job is to study." So now I'm in this counselor's office, and they're like, "Oh my God, we have like you know." five classes we have to fill every day so we're going to send you to home mac learn how to bake and sew and uh, oh how about we put you on the yearbook staff that was awesome so that's where my passion for photography started the first time that image developed in the tray i was hooked it was absolutely incredible i know a lot of people had the same experience but i lived that every single day so you never ever lost that passion so your school had a dark room Oh, God, yes. It was awesome. I, I'm very old. So this was back in like 79, 1980. You know, it's it's it's, it's, it's like, I don't know, it's like cell phones. It's great now that anyone can get a camera and then have their images and immediately put them in Photoshop and do all that sort of stuff. But to sound like an old guy, there is a certain nostalgia for the old days where you had to have access to a dark room and it was so unique if you did. You know, that it was such a cool thing if you had access to a dark room. That was a world that not everyone got to enter into. High schools still have photography classes, and I know that at least the colleges in Orlando, they still teach film. Do they really? Absolutely. Like, if before you do anything else, they make you learn film and developing. And but still, like it's that. a, it's a yeah, okay, yeah, I'm learning film and develop, but I don't need it. I can go out on the weekend, shoot all I want, and put it all at home, and do it at home myself, and put it in Photoshop, and, and you, you know what I mean? It, you don't I'm need it. It's a waste of time, but... As a college, the first six months learning film in darkroom, that's a waste of time. 
You can learn that on your own later on. Shooting film and doing developing is not going to teach you how to deal with the real world. Well, we but have... I think a lot of colleges don't have the money to input. That's They have the old people like myself that are in charge. They're saying, this is the way I started, so this is the way you're right. going to start. Everyone has to come up the way I came up. Yeah. I just I don't know. I just uh, you know I I think that there's that that there's there's something nostalgic about the about the old days when having a dark room was such a cool that was a world especially if you were a, a nerdy geeky kid who couldn't you know get a girlfriend or whatever that was your sanctuary was that you had this dark room this was your your place that you that you went to that and of course the uh, den where you played Dungeons and Dragons on Saturdays oh my god <laughs> I ain't getting going with that I'd still prefer the dark room overall yes. without a doubt okay so so you got into photography when you were in high school when did you start your business. How'd that come about? Well, before I did that, uh, I, again, I was in a small town in North Carolina, and I decided to join the Air Force and became a photographer in the Air Force for twenty ah, years. Ah, we've never—I've never met anyone who was a, a military photographer. I only—I yeah, so only know traveled what... the world, taking lots of photos from uh, uh, aerial photography to forensic photography, surveillance, lots of gripping grins, lots of VIP tours. So basically, a master of everything, or not? What is a jack of all trades and master of nothing? That would be my start. So I've been doing photography basically all my life. This is all I know. You know, actually, Bure, I do know uh, at least two other two other really? Really? Yes, and one might surprise you. Uh, former PPA president Ralph Romaguera. No kidding. He was a Navy photographer. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. And uh, Crystal Radlinski from Gainesville. Also, she was a photographer in the Army. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, they make Army boots in a size two because she's. <laughs> <laughs> So when you're so when you're a military photographer, it's just every day it's a new assignment. Every day is a new assignment. There's uh, oh, absolutely. You do pretty much everything. Your training is uh, is pretty intense, uh, and then of course you can move from a still photographer to a photojournalist, is what I was. And uh, you submit images to Story, Stars and Stripes, Airman Magazine. Um, so you do a lot of assignments, and you keep a bag packed. You can be called in the middle of the night and be gone for three or four months, and you know, back in the days before cell service, you know, if we got, you know, two minutes on the SATCOM phone, we were happy. Well, I would think that it would be mostly, I mean, I mean, that sounds kind of romantic, you know, the bag packed and running off and everything. But but I would think it would mostly be, OK, you know, uh, you know, Colonel Smith is retiring today. So you've got to go down there and take a picture of him getting his handshake and his, and his you know, and his watch. And I would think it would be a lot of that. It, it is. It's a lot of the gripping grin type shots, a lot of the retirements. And, you know, when you're doing it day in and day out, you you would think, and I think for most people it does get boring. There's a lot of people that were in the photography career in the military that were there because they just got lucky, not because they liked it. They just It was just another job to them. Right. But I absolutely loved every single second. I mean, I had some bad times here and there, but, I mean, are you kidding me? We have, like, the greatest job in the entire world. I tell people we are time travelers. That's our entire job. We freeze that second, that split second in time, so people can go back and relive it later. I can't tell you how how really right on that is, and uh, one of the things I call it like whenever I do a presentation, it's the mushy part where I get inspirational. But it's called you know my guiding principles, and one of them is um, that what we do matters, and I think that that's really important. I mean, I just recently found out a couple weeks ago that um, a couple who we photographed their wedding like uh, just about two years ago. They're both mid twenties. That the that the groom, the husband, passed away. Wow! And 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 she's been posting photos and started a blog and stuff with. And a lot of the pictures are the ones from the wedding. And I'm just am just blown away to have to to. We're visual historians, really. I mean, and that's honest. I know we <clears throat> we have a lot of fun when we do this podcast. But I, uh, one of the reasons I do it as a job 
is because I believe that it matters. And I think that's important to think that what you do matters, you know? And that's it, it is. It's, I think it's very important and what we do is important and it matters. And if you know, whoever said that whole thing, if you know, find out what you love, you'll never work a day in your life was just never worked as a as an as a self employed individual. Yeah. <laughs> okay, they're just an asshole. That's all. It is. Yeah, yeah. Because you work so much harder. Yeah, yeah. All you ever do is Be- work because you love it. Yeah, oh, and yeah. I'm, I'm working. I'm working right now. Get the emails from the uh, financial consultants. We're opening a new branch in your area and looking for some self starter motivated leaders. Are you secure in your financial freedom? Hell, if I was secure in my financial freedom, I would have been accountant. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. So uh, r- real quickly, though, because you know, I, before we, we when we wrapping this up in just a few minutes, but I want to jump ahead to you. You started your own studio at some point when you got out of the military. Well, so I got out of the military. I've never stopped. Even when I was in the military, I freelanced on the side. Um, so I always shot. I shot a lot of weddings because you're the photographer. So uh, and talking about this thing going back and forth, that high school thing, I was a a a personality for lack of a better word on the base. Everyone knows the two or three photographers assigned to a base or whenever you travel, you constantly have a camera. So when I would go shoot personal jobs, I actually scraped off the paint on my lenses and would paint a red band around. Now I shoot Nikon. I did not paint the red band to make the lens sharper. I just did that as a modification for the lens. That was a joke that no one caught. You got this. <laughs> yeah, I was, I I was waiting for Boo Ray to laugh. I'm like, I I, it. is it a generational thing? <laughs> I got <laughs> it. A generational thing. So, you know, and there was lots of people who would come to the general later on and say, hey, listen, I saw Sergeant Trawick over there shooting a wedding this weekend or doing a model shoot. And I would always ask him, did you see the camera I was using? Oh, yes, absolutely. I got a great look at it. Well, did it have a red band around it? Yes, it did. Well, that's my personal equipment. Oh, okay. Ah. I was not using the military gear to make money. Now right. we come back full circle because you made sure you were using your own stuff when you were doing work for yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, and I you, and you couldn't sure yeah. any implications that I was using government equipment to make a profit. Now, ah. as an aside, do you happen to have any of the negatives or prints from your days in the, in the Air Force? I do have a few, but most of the ones I photographed either stayed with the base or went to the Joint Combat Camera Center. I wonder if you could even get get a selection. The Joint joint Combat Camera Center. That's a thing. That's (laughs) a thing. It's the JCCC. (laughs) (laughs) The JCCC. Talk about the whole thing with those images. I was an employee of the Department of Defense through the Air Force. So the images that I took was a work for hire that belonged to the DOD that technically belonged to Every citizen of the United States. That's a big clientele. That's pretty big clientele. How much do you spend on Christmas cards every year? <laughs> I'm just saying. That's a lot. It's all electronic, so it's free. That's awesome. Uh, so you so you got out, you shot for yourself, uh, then you started your own studio. You said you got back into weddings about eight years ago, which implies that you stopped shooting weddings for a while. Yes, I stopped shooting weddings because I... Um, and, of course, we're going to go back to the old days here, and I'll try and make it very fast because you guys want to wrap up. Do you remember the days where wedding photographers would buy a wedding package from Dale Laboratories in Florida? No. Okay. Well, that was a long time ago, and you would pay a set fee, three, $400, and you would get X amount of roll of film. You would shoot the film, send it back. They would process it. They would send you proofs in a book that you would give to the bride to pick out the images they wanted. You'd send that back and make the album and send it to you. It was all-inclusive price. That's pretty oh, good. One-stop shop, then. I dig it. One-stop shopping. Now, if you shop medium format for weddings, you know, you're getting four rolls of uh, 
12 exposure film. That was it. Everything was staged. We didn't do any photojournalism crap. Yeah. I do, I do 48 shots of the shoes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you go look at my shoe uh, blog on Pinterest. You'll love those. Yeah. Uh, so um, I had uh, you know always shot little weddings and different things in the military, and I was doing this military wedding in a small chapel, and uh, I am you know getting ready to watch the bride come in because that's one of the required shots for the album. The music plays, and the door doesn't open. So the music stops. Person goes outside. They come back in. They're kind of waving the hands. They don't know what's going on. And um, the music starts playing again, and no bride. Two or three people go out the door into the and then all of a sudden, there's this big commotion outside, and the bride falls out of one of the closets with one of the ushers. Oh, hey, hey. it's like a movie. <laughs> it was just like a movie. And I'm sitting there now. I've already photographed some of this wedding party, getting ready, all these different things that we did. I'm halfway to shooting this film, and I didn't get paid. No, oh. you should have just unloaded the remaining frames on the bride and the usher. That fall out of the yeah, I should have done it. You'll get paid now. So the wedding's done. I'm like completely discouraged. And I just did not feel like I really want to get in the wedding thing. And then honestly, okay, and let's be perfectly realistically, in the old days of film, wedding photographers were just a step above ambulance chasers. Yeah. Okay, yeah. you, if you wanted to make it in photography, you had to be a commercial photographer or a photojournalist. It did not used to be cool to be a no, wedding photographer. No, it was not. No, now yeah. it's, it's, it's yeah. reversed now. Wedding photographers have become the rock stars, but it used to be that the wedding photographer was the guy who couldn't make it as a studio portrait photographer. That's correct. A lot of times. That's absolutely correct. And then I think what happened is a lot of the newspapers started laying off the photojournalists. They needed to have a gig for the weekend, so they just started doing PJ-style weddings on the weekend. So anyway, so I quit doing that, and then I had a friend of mine at church ask me, oh, we want you to do your wedding, you're so fun, you're so fun, we love you, we love you, and I said, hell no. And I contacted, and I actually <laughs> in church. from Oklahoma, I actually retired here, I got stuck here during 9-11, and I just stayed here. Because <laughs> <laughs> so his, his plane broke down. do this for three days. <laughs> Well, you know what? Speaking of which, we do have to wrap it up. Yeah, we do have to wrap it up. We, 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 I think it's such a joy having you on the show, Robert, and we'd like to ask you to come back again sometime in the future. Because I want to hear the rest of the story, how you got stuck in Oklahoma. Yeah, that's a story <laughs> I would like to hear, too. Uh, uh, yeah, give, us a quick, give us a quick plug real quick, your website, your, fo your podcast, anything we need okay, to know. You can find me at TreywickImages.com. Most social medias, I am TreywickImages. And the podcast that I co-host with Jim Felder is the photofactspodcast.com, Two Guys Talking Photo. If you like Seinfeld episodes, you'll love our podcast. All right, fantastic. You can also check us out at photobombpodcast.com. You can send us questions or comments at questions at photobombpodcast.com. You can see my website at com, and you can see, I'm sorry, bureperry.com. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I own both those domains, so either one of them points to me. And you can see Gary at hughesfioretti.com, and you can also catch me August 10th and 11th on Creative Live and August uh, 30th at uh, Focus 2015 in Orlando. All right. We'll see you next time. See you later.